Veterans Affairs last fall launched a whole new office with the goal of establishing the department as a leader in the use of artificial intelligence. It named Dr. Gil Alterovitz, formerly a health informatics researcher at the Harvard-MIT Health Sciences and Technology Division, as its director. For a progress report, I caught up with Alterovitz at an ACT-IAC Artificial Intelligence Shared Services Group meeting. He explained how the National Artificial Intelligence Institute is organized. It is a joint effort between the uh, VA Office of the uh, Research and Development, uh, along with the Secretary's Center for uh, Strategic Partnerships. And so in doing so, it is uh, able to you know, work across different parts of the organization and has uh, resources allocated to it, including within the central office, but also in the research building near Union Station, uh, 1100 First Street. Uh, it's kind of that new futuristic building, if you've seen out there. And uh, we have a few of the offices there just called labeled uh, artificial intelligence um, there. Uh, we're working on that frosting, but uh, we'll, we'll let you know when that happens. Yeah. And is it the National Artificial Intelligence Institute for the country or for the Veterans Affairs Department? Yes, so the, uh, the National Artificial Intelligence Institute is within the Department of Veterans Affairs. What it uh, seeks to do is, its mission, in fact, is to help veterans in the area of healthcare and uh, well-being. And so to do that mission, you know, it's important to work within the VA, but it's also important to work across and to learn what other agencies and other parts of government are doing uh, with veterans. So we've interacted with, for example, the Department of Defense, uh, the the Jake, uh, the Joint AI Center, to learn about how active servicemen transition to become veterans, which uh, you know is, is an important time. We interacted with the National Science Foundation on, on uh, funding approaches toward uh, grants around AI that can benefit the veterans. We feel that the data is very unique that we have. Uh, we have. Um, the, the largest integrated healthcare system in the country. Uh, we have largest genomic database uh, linked to healthcare data in the world. And so that is a national resource, a resource that can help our veterans, a resource that other uh, departments can certainly uh, are ones that we can work together on. So I, I see it as a, you know, a starting point that we've been able to recognize, leverage this resource to uh, make sure that we're addressing our mission. And what are the main activities of the Institute? Are you testing algorithms? Are you developing use cases? Are you looking at how data can be used safely or all of the above? Well, there are a number of different aspects that we're focusing on right now. And um, so, and there are a number of ongoing activities. So one of the first activities that you alluded to is developing the use cases. We're developing both criteria for the use cases as well as the organizations and, and the types of uh, feedback that we'd like to be able to prioritize the use cases that are developed. So that's kind of one piece. At because I would think that not much in AI can proceed until you have a really solid use case, a requirement. Fair? Yes. Uh, so so right, we are working use cases where, a, kind of two use cases. One, the type of use case where there's an existing use case and adding AI essentially supercharges that use case. And then another type of use case where maybe, you know, it, it can be, uh, there may not be any AI there now, uh, but having AI can kind of make it into a, a, a unique or a different type of use case. Sure. So one where adding AI can increase efficiency results, another one where AI can really change kind of the picture of what's being done. 
Okay, so beyond use cases, the you were going to say there's some other activities. Yes, exactly, right. So the use cases are the, be the beginning, as you said, but they're not the only on ongoing activity. As we're doing developing the use cases, we've already been running um, things called the AI tech sprints, artificial intelligence tech sprints, which are uh, ways of engaging industry. They also uh, help to feed into the future for use cases, but usually in these we'll um, have different uh, industry, academia, nonprofits, different groups working together around a small data set to showcase and build new AI tools that then they'll demonstrate and show how they can potentially be useful for the veterans. They may then end up using that uh, for non-veteran use as well, right? Uh, commercial use or other uses. And then at the end, there's a demo day as part of this. Uh, this year, we also had them, the ones who wanted to, engage in a national competition, which anyone could apply to from uh, across the country, really, who participate in a, a, a process, a particular type of a sprint process, uh, and uh, which is the Opportunity Project. And so the AI Tech Sprint included that process, plus added in five other pillars and features, but they basically submitted, and the winner of the Creating the Future of Health of all the different uh, teams was actually selected from this AI tech sprint. There was another team also recognized around clinical trial matching, and they're now working with the um, Office of uh, Information Technology within the VA around how to integrate that into systems. So there's work that's ongoing beyond even the tech sprint itself, and, and the winner actually got a, also a cash prize that was given by, uh, announced by the executive, executive Office of the President's Federal CIO. We're speaking with Gil Altirovitz. He is director of the VA's National Artificial Intelligence Institute. And you're an AI expert. How do you make sure that the work that the Institute is doing is new? That is to say that you don't reinvent work that may already have been done by the thousands of other organizations like MITRE and so forth that are also pursuing artificial intelligence. That, that's a great point now, especially in this area with artificial intelligence, there's a number of different players. There are players within VA medical centers, there are players within outside other agencies, there are players within industry, within academia. And so that's why basically this uh, first phase of evaluating the use cases by getting input from the different players and running AI tech sprints where you see the different types of uh, tools, whether or not they'll end up being a tool that is used in a certain case, but you get to see the different technologies uh, by going to the different conferences, leveraging the academic background that I and some of the others have in, in industry and in, in the military and, and, uh, and as a veteran uh, on the team. We have a number of veterans on the team as well. That is a, a way that we can capture that. Uh, we also have, um, as I mentioned, there's going to be this uh, committee uh, which will bring together different parts of the VA, and they will bring the expertise that they've had in interacting with different vendors as well in learning about what are the potential uh, options for us. And you've talked in terms of the military domain, Veterans Affairs Continuum, reaching back to people that are service members. What about the disease cross-cutting types of domains, such as TBI, which has to do with professional football and traffic accidents, or things like kidneys-related uh, issues and diabetes, which are really national scourges. Yes, so uh, those are definitely areas that we've seen people thinking about AI in those areas, and it'll be a matter of uh, prioritizing the areas and seeing which ones AI can either best supercharge or be able to have a use case that uh, AI shows kind of a completely new way of, of, uh, of helping. But just as an example, you mentioned kidney injury. You know, just this summer in Nature, an acute uh, kidney injury study was published where using deep learning, 
in collaboration with a commercial entity and leveraging their technology, it was possible to predict uh, kidney injury, um, acute kidney injury 40 hours ahead of time before the kidney damage was done. And in doing so, you can then take preventative measures to prevent acute kidney injury from happening. So you can imagine a future where using a technology such as this, if it you know continues through, it could potentially prevent AKI from occurring uh, and making that a, a disease that uh, basically, you know, kind of like a smallpox that kind of isn't one that you see on a regular basis anymore. And you've only been operating four months or so now. Any early promising results you've seen in any of the work being done there at the Institute? Uh, So we've seen a lot of uh, work being able to leverage some of the existing work already. I think, uh, for example, being able to kind of put together a, a couple different pieces of work. So, you know, we've just begun, and so we've seen a few areas, like I mentioned, the acute kidney injury, where we've uh, tried to help uh, to contribute to make that successful as much as we can. There's a work that's been going on on imaging over in Tampa, in a Tampa site there. That's quite exciting to note, and that's pretty recent. And there's, uh, there's I think there's there's a number of other imaging areas that are promising, as well as uh, natural language processing that we'll see in kind of the coming months. And what about imaging analysis? So imaging is definitely one of the areas that I think we see quite a bit because there are studies that are coming out comparing imaging analysis by AI to a consensus of actual physicians doing that. And many times the AI is able to do the same or better than the consensus. And so that suggests that while it won't be AI necessarily that makes a decision, it can make a recommendation that then the physicians can see also why it predicted that. It'll show a region of like, oh, this was an area of why I, as the AI, for example, was thinking that you should look at this particular lesion and and, uh, the the physician may decide otherwise, but that is the kind of thing that I see in kind of in the, the near future. It won't be an automated decision, but more of a recommendation system. And as you look at AI as an industry, I'm going to make the analogy of cybersecurity. Every government agency, every industry partner in this whole endeavor says, not enough people, not enough talent. What's the story with AI? Yeah, well, I think you could say some of the same things about um, AI. We have uh, decided on a few challenges, and we kind of update that list of challenges. Uh, It was just presented here. Uh, One of the three challenges, the top one, was actually uh, talent retention, uh, attraction. Those are uh, issues for a number of reasons, competing against uh, salary levels of industry and uh, retaining, having uh, ways in terms of uh, promotion processes that allow people to stay. Uh, One of the advantages, I think, we have is the mission. I think a lot of people are attracted to the mission, and that is uh, something that we we have that is. And also, as I mentioned, the the data. I I think literally no place in the world has the type of uh, data and, and then that data linked to a very special mission like we do. And so that is really uh, helping in, in the talent attraction retention. Dr. Gil Alterovitz is director of the Veterans Affairs National Artificial Intelligence Institute. There's more to the interview. Hear it in its entirety at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. 
Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at pluralsight.com vision. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.